Hello, everybody. My name is Monica Cuitiba. You are at Latinos in Clinical Research webinar. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have today uh, yeah, our team, Latinos in Clinical Research, Chris Albert, Ashley, Margo, and Judy uh, Galindo. And uh, this webinar is very special because we have our very special guest is, uh, that who is um, um, an expert in marketing. And this is probably one of the most challenging parts in, uh, in clinical trials. So we're gonna learn a lot. And um, so here we are, we have um, Ivan and his company. Um, well, he's gonna introduce best this, it's Crank Works. Okay, so uh, Ivan. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the intro. And yeah, thank you for the opportunity to speak to everybody. So yeah, my name is Ivan Lamru. Uh, I have over 18 years of national and international experience in marketing, advertising and design within the pharmaceutical, research trial, retail, food and beverage, tech and industrial industries. Uh, over the years, I've gained practical knowledge in web design, social media, branding, promotional campaigns, integrated SEO and content marketing. So we're, we're gonna be covering a pretty broad topic and I'll get to that in a minute. Crankworks is a boutique digital advertising agency with strong, a strong understanding of the healthcare space. We support our clients from concept to execution. What sets Crankworks apart from others is our overall creativity, our capacity to keep things fresh, relevant and measurable. So as previously mentioned, we're going to be talking about a pretty broad topic uh, in terms of technology and media. So I'm going to try to stay fairly close to the script because I don't want to take too many tangents. I have a tendency to do that, but let's go. So let's talk technology relative to media and advertising. So how, when, and where did our appetite for media and messaging evolve? Mass communication or mass media has always been a marriage between message and medium, like that of man and machine. Medium is driven by innovation, technology, and modernization. Think search engine marketing, search engine optimization. Message drives content, voice, brand. Think blog, newsletter, or social media channels. What all these past mediums have in common is that they're broadcast technology or one-way media, where short messages were delivered over a specified period of time. Technology evolves to meet our needs, yet the mediums don't just disappear when something new comes along. Rather, they conform to new areas of our lives and evolve where possible. Think online newspapers, magazines, radio shows that we listen to in our cars, on-demand streaming TV, smartphones, and the like. As mediums evolve, so too do the methods we use to advertise with them. Spray and pray outreach advertising methods are considered today inefficient and outdated. So to wrap your head around spray and pay, pray, kind of went like this. You have a product or service, you create a story, you overstate the truth, you spend as much as you can on media, rinse and repeat. These approaches often resulted in buyer beware campaigns, creating a lot of doubt in the community and stigma around advertising. Modern recruitment methods are far more educational, transparent, 
targeted, and cost-effective. As individuals, we can now engage in commu and communicate en masse. Search and social are the leading technologies, technologies on which successful recruitment campaigns are built. Recruitment advertising is no longer a one-way medium, nor is it the sole property of big pharma or large corporations. CRO and sites are now entering the conversation rather than simply managing expectations with one-off trial-specific campaigns. We can now engage, track, and interact with patients, sites, CROs, and sponsors, activities considered impossible by past means and past media. Like, just take a moment. If we roll back time, say, I don't know, 20 years ago, we were using coupons. That's how we measured the success of a campaign, for instance, on television or radio. So what effect have these changes in media had on how we communicate in terms of research trial recruitment? What's different and where should we focus our attention? First, we need to think about the network effect of the internet. Of the internet. Old and new media technologies have become connected through the internet. The line between PR and marketing has become blurred. E-commerce or free exchange can happen online. The individual can email, blog, and advertise equal to big pharma and large corporations. Social media has taken root in its many forms, creating new senses of community. The individual has global reach. The internet of things has created even greater connectivity in all things we used, whether it's your refrigerator, your iron, and you think these things are silly, but we know where you're driving, we know where you are at all times, and that may be a little creepy, but some of the information we're pulling from this stuff, manufacturers are often using to better train their products around your needs. But how does this affect the research trial industry? Today's search is key. It drives dramatic quantities of focused traffic comprised of people's intent. The intent is the information we can mine. As a result, and in order to be successful at large recruitment campaigns, we have the need to be found online. We have the need for frequency of messaging. We have the need to stand out amongst the noise online and in person. Social media technology itself has become discussion on mass or conversation on mass. More choices of online media has resulted in a mosaic of mediums. Mediums that are, that are specializing more and more in specific interactions and experiences. As a result, we have a need for transparency and communication, for authentic communication. We have a need for greater community. What is significantly different from the media of bygone eras is search and social are now catalysts. The cornerstone of search are both search engine optimization and search engine marketing. Both of these are driven by what are known as keywords. The cornerstone of social are competitive analysis, product development, reputation management, and outreach. These are driven by relevant content and targeted intent. Together, they make the relationship of interactivity and interdependence unlike anything we saw in the propaganda of broadcast media of old.
So to what extent has new tech within media affected research trial recruitment within the industry? It is common knowledge within the research trial community that current state of patient recruitment is a challenge. As we can see in the above outreach states or stats, 85% of clinical trials in the US fail to recruit enough patients. 80% delayed, are delayed due to recruitment problems or dropout rates are high. Further outreach stats indicate 11% of research sites fail to enroll a single patient and participation rates vary dramatically from year to year. Consider a third of referral patients are never processed. 1% of respondents actually enroll. Nine out of 10 trials require the original timeline to be doubled. As we see in the above, the above patient stats, the problem isn't a shortage of willing patients. What we found, and various surveys bear this out, is there is no shortage of patients. It's more complex than that. It's a matter of matching willing patients to trials. This suggests something else is going on. What do we know? What we do know is doing the same thing the same way and expecting a different result, such as holding on to old tech and media paradigms, is not a good foundation for recruitment, a recruitment program, or anything else for that matter. It's time to change the paradigm and endeavor to adopt new strategies and tactics. And what we're talking about here is going beyond just doing Facebook pay-per-click ads and calling it a day. So how can we use new media tech to solve the recruitment issue? Let's look at how patients get informed about research trials. If we look here at the chart, chart the top five ways patients get informed are the most significant and represent 64% of the overall value. But when you think about general practitioners, they re require a, a referral network. Hence, physicians need to be made aware of the network through an outreach program. So to be specific, the general practitioner, it's about referral. That's the point we're making there on the first uh, item mentioned. Research, research centers by themselves require community outreach programs as well, but these typically take the form of conferences and now content marketing online. These two commonly referenced areas make up only 37% of patient typically how patients typically get their information. That leaves the rest of your marketing efforts to address everything else, which equals about 43%. So in terms of advertising, what are we talking about? Well, that's traditional print, radio, TV, and online pay-per-click for that matter. Online trial databases, that's really a referral search, right? We're gathering these names through the process of recruitment or possibly through um, GPs or other physicians, um, how can I say, aggregated lists. When it comes to online patient community, well, that's social media. Extended family and friends, that's usually a combination of social and search, etc. Needless to say, not all recruitment efforts are equal. For instance, the key to understanding the difference between a patient referral and a digital recruitment is understanding the intent in each case. Physicians 
or clinic referral, the intent is immediate enrollment because they're basically being pre-screened. Digital recruitment, the intent is to attract likely patients to get screened. We're not advocating for fewer referral patients, but rather further consideration for expert digital recruitment and leveraging new technologies. To that end, we can maximize your return on patient investment and patient-centric experiences. Yes. And actually, we have one question, so sorry. Um, it's from Iman. Uh, social media targeting, targeting uh, granularity is so precise. Uh, why is adoption still so low for recruitment and clinical trials? Just because it's precise doesn't mean that someone has the intent to join a trial. They still have a choice. And there could be many things that are happening to hang them up. Like they may have other priorities in their lives at that time. Um, granularity around something like Facebook often speaks to, for instance, targeting groups of a certain interest, but timing is part of it too. So frequency of messaging and being there at the right time with the right message is what's important. And we're going to touch on that in a minute. I hope that helps. Is that good? Yes. This whole oration is going to take 25 minutes. So we're halfway there. Oh, go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I want to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Let's do it again. Yeah. So, uh, so we have another question. What is the difference in between regular ads for any, like any company and different industry and then in clinical research, in clinical trials? Is, is there a difference in between the type of advertisement or the way it is developed or no. created? No, we all use, it's like playing a sport. We all use the same equipment. It's how we tactically deploy it that's different. For instance, um, when we look at, um, let's say Google, Facebook, and most uh, social media platforms, they're really designed, for instance, for retailers, where year over year tweaking is what's required. So it's a constant spend every month. In terms of research trials, one of the things that's most unique, for instance, is that it happens within a period of time. And we can call that almost a more traditional uh, campaign kind of effort, where a campaign might occur for three months, but the research trial itself might be eight months or a year and a half. Um, but the, the fact is, when we go in and out of campaigning, it kind of works against the tools. That's one of the major things um, that affects how it is and uh, how you set things up differently. Like, I'm not going to get into the granular. Like I said, we're talking about technology within the research trial industry. However, I'll be getting to some other points of relevance to that question in a moment. I hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I just, I, I was trying to unmute myself. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Thank you, Ivan. <laughs> okay, so I'll keep going and I'm happy to take questions at the end of this on any point that we're making. Okay. Uh, but what we're trying to do is trying to explain how the research trial industry is in fact somewhat different than, uh, let's say, the traditional retail or other industries out there, uh, B2C uh, or B2B. Uh, but again, I'll get back to this and we'll talk in a moment. So yes, the end goal is the same, getting patients enrolled, but the process is very different from one to the next. Let's have a closer look at the processes themselves. 
All right, excellent, thank you. A typical physician referral process looks something like this. A physician elects to participate in a study due to an outreach, typically. Physician pre-qualifies a patient. Physician directs the patients to the trial. Patient trusts, trusts the site to do the, the physician, sorry, patients trust the site to do the physician referral, due to, due to the physician referral. Uh, they register for the trial. So what's important here to note is the site is borrowing trust from the physician. Patient is screened, patient is randomized. The advantage is that you will likely collect more qualified leads within a shorter period. But what, it, what the studies require, what if the study requires your patient referral program? Sorry, but what if the study requires more than your, phys your physician referral program can produce? such as in the case of phase two or phase three trials? Or what if the trial is dealing with more obscure conditions? Now let's look at a typical digital recruitment process. Patient becomes aware of their condition independently or via his or her physician. Patient research, reaches, researches a solution independently or with their physician. Patient compares treatment independently or with physician and potentially begins to search out alternatives. Patient finds a trial. Patient investigates online the PI, the site's reputation, and the trial itself, more often than not. Trust must be earned online in this case. Patient registers for trial. Patient is screened. Patient is randomized. Acceptable pre-screening must often be modified. The burden of screening is solely that of the site itself. Unqualified patients present during the screening process at the end, the very end of the process. They are not pre-screened, such as in the previous method, often resulting in the perception that digital recruitment supplies fewer qualified patients. A patient-centric approach to research starts long before the patient arrives at the site for screening. It becomes aware of their condition typically through their GP. To meet them halfway, you need to be there for them online while they search for answers, options, and resources. So what we're getting at here is that patient recruitment goes beyond just doing ads of any per-click channel online. And we're gonna look at what that looks like in a moment. Your online presence outside of physician referrals is your potential patient's perception. But how do you earn patients' trust online? Right or wrong, impartial or not, patients are trusting third-party sources of information online more and more. At very least, they are verifying what they are being told with online information. As a site or CRO, you need a business strategy, a patient strategy, and only then, in extension, a marketing strategy in order to be there and anticipate patients' needs. With blockchain integration on the horizon, it is not unreasonable to believe that sites and CROs will need to be more transparent and integrated. Dialogue, sorry, dialogue and reciprocity are the foundation for all relationships, including those that occur online. Add to that, decentralized trials, 
And your site or CRO brand will need to have even greater clout outside of traditional medical pharmaceutical spheres. In other words, you got to be there outside of just the trade publications. Currently, patients are going outside of their trusted network and looking to modern social networks for empathy, solutions, and community. The question is, are you there? Does your online presence meet their expectations? Consider that online expectations are informed more by retail experiences than they are by the healthcare industry. That's the patient's perception. What is needed is a more in-depth. We were just asked a question about dialing in. Let's talk about what dialing in really means. When, speaking to, when we're speaking to a profile, we don't mean the actual individual patient's profile that you would collect during a traditional patient interview, but rather that of a generic persona is the term. In order to engage in new conversations happening online, and in order to serve educate and possibly heal, you must know how to engage in the conversation by knowing your audience, their perspective and their needs. This is what sets the table for the patient journey and their, per and their perception of your level of care. So your presence online, we must anticipate all potential online and offline touch points and aggregate the results of your recruitment efforts. Not only do you need to in terms of your patient objectives, you need to know them as people. A persona is a fictional character created to represent the patient type. They may have similar a similar condition, usually they do. They want to pick a particular site or a particular PI or a potential solution in on what that is. In short, we are looking to uncover who they are, what they do, how they like to interact in order to develop memorable long-term relationships both online and within the site itself. Trust and online reciprocity breeds opportunity. Conversation is about knowing your, your potential patient before they even arrive. How do we leverage media and message Today, what is required is innovation, not in terms of research trials, but in terms of patient dialogue, a type of digital bed in the hub and spoke model, wherein the site and the CROs don't simply broadcast school spray and pray manner, but rather driven ongoing manner. It requires an investment in your site, your CRO, as well as your sponsored patient recruitment efforts. Within this model, your website is the hub for core content and value add information. To achieve rich, relatable and ongoing content development, what is needed is, and what we typically apply, is a, a pyramidic content development approach. This framework, framework documents, centralizes, and coordinates all current and future content marketing efforts. Consider starting with what is termed core content. Then 
move on to, for instance, core content is primary content, thought leadership. It can take the term, it can take the uh, form of ebooks, journals, and the like. From that, you can create what's considered to be derivative assets, which are sections two, three, and four. Long form pillar articles, infographic blog posts. And only then do we layer in the promotional micro content that we all know as social media. So what should you write about? Well, you gotta do your research and consider anchoring content around pertinent themes or consider the following kinds of high quality content. Interviews with research experts, doctors, sites, sponsors, a summary of news related to your industry, frequently asked questions around the research trial itself or research in general. We can curate content from a wide variety of online sources, including trade publications, social media profiles, blogs, scientific journals, news outlets, and more. However, we are best served starting with core content, such as mentioned previously. We can then share with your audience via many different channels, including websites, social media feeds, blogs, mobile apps, widgets, email, newsletters. Content curation is not content aggregation. Content curation is fundamentally hu a human process. At the center of it is hand selecting which content to share, determining the method that will increase accessibility and usability, and adding context and will aid the audience. Content curation is not content framing, which involves unethical pirating of third-party content and publishing high quantities of low-quality content. So finally, but nothing has changed. How you win is directly related to how you drive your message. And before we get into them, because they sometimes spin out of control, uh, the team and I, for this, sec for this uh, presentation only, uh, if you take the time to uh, complete the survey at Crankworks slash Media Technologies and Trials, uh, we're offering basically uh, a free evaluation of your digital marketing performance. And for us, and I'm open for questions. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ivan. That's awesome. And we appreciate you giving, um, you know, those who are attending today or to this webinar, or who will be seeing this webinar later, um, that opportunity. We really appreciate it very much. Um, so if anybody has any questions, feel free to start kind of typing them in for Ivan. Um, um, Monica, Chris, I don't know if you had any before I move forward with mine. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ivan, for such a great presentation. I actually learned things from it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Ashley, you, you feel free to start if you if you have questions. And okay, then awesome. Go from it. <laughs> awesome. Well, so yeah, what Monica said, I uh, learned a lot today. Actually, it, it kind of made me feel good knowing that LICR is kind of, I mean, we're not, we could always, there's obviously room for improvement, but we're definitely like On in that, that yeah. yeah, you know, uh, so that's great. That's really good news. Um, but awesome. So, so how, how would you recommend like, um, for a site that's just starting up, obviously, you know, they want to, they want to get, and especially because, you know, you're, you're offering, you know, a free review, right. Of, of, uh, of their site or however it is that they're going about their content. Um, 
how exactly you know with the with the starting new site how would how would you have them go about once they've done the review with you right um what's typically the core thing that you have them focus on starting starting off well really it comes back to this uh, this slide here there's um depending on the assessment we do with the team and where they are um, both uh, with their business strategy strategy and their patient strategy um, you know we start at different points like a lot of times um, what we need to do is focus on the principal practitioner's desired focus right which is really around patient strategy what one of the one of the things that um, the industry seems to struggle with is this notion how to brand the company and it's it, it, the industry comes to it like honestly because typically what happens is um, a physician who he works at a hospital, it's really his moniker is his name. Like there's no brand, right? But when we look at a business that um, it, it needs focus, right? Typically in an extension, the business really about the PIs and what their interests are or possibly what their specialty is. And that's what you should really focus your brand around typically. From there, we can create messaging and that's for the site itself, right? And the reason we're, I'm focusing on that right now is that we see a big gap in the industry right now. What ends up happening is that only funds that are being driven by um, the sponsor for the research trial itself, um, that's the only uh, form of advertising sites are doing typically outside of maybe doing some PR or certain events or trade shows. Mm -hmm. And the gap there is if you want, if you specialize and focus in a certain area, for instance, eczema or cancer or what have you, and start creating a reputation or a nucleus around that in terms of the information you host on your website and so forth, you, what you end up doing is um, you create a pulse you, you create consistent, consistency online. People might find you not because you have a study going on today, but because you have content and they're gonna bookmark for themselves that they're gonna pay attention for when the next study comes up that they may be interested in. So all of a sudden you're, you're, you're booking clients before, they even, before the research trial even occurs. So, I, I don't know if that answers your question. I think I kind of spun off in a direction, but no, that's kind of like sure. what we like to see happen, right? Um, I mean, we're happy just to focus on the research trial itself, but what we're trying to say is that the site or CRO is all equal to creating a strategy for a particular research trial. For sure. I, I, I uh, have a question. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go, Monica. I already went, I'll go next. Okay. So my question is, for example, I know, uh, I mean, it, it obviously it will be very nice, uh, for example, for a, for a principal investigator to go and do some videos or specifically for one study or even the, 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 um, the medical monitor will be a, a amazing. But I don't know if probably because of the regulations that uh, surround this industry, it will be uh, maybe difficult for them to do a, a video specific for one study. So in that case, would you recommend maybe the, the principal investigator or the medical monitor to do like more uh, of a, 
a video that is more like, um, um, I mean, not specific, but more like general uh, in regards to clinical trials or, or right. it doesn't, yeah, yeah, the difference between advertising for um, like the site itself, you are going to be more general. You're going to try to capture um, a, a certain, um, what am I looking for? Uh, like you, you're going to be, for instance, let's just take cancer. You'd be talk, talking about specific to the research trial itself, but have a presence online so that when the research trial come in and you're advertising for that specific research trial, there's already a certain amount of lift behind your site, uh, your website and your site, physical site, and you're creating brand around that. Because in the way people think about things, and let's face it, patients are just like consumers, they have room for typically five brands in their head. Like whether it's Tide or like, let's take dishwashing soap, right? We can usually remember five brands or pop, like Coke, Pepsi, um, pick a pop. Um, maybe you think 7up is a different brand than Coke. But anyways, uh, the point is we only have so much room. And what you want to be is the first person they think of and the trusted authority online. And by creating uh, more of an online presence around what the physician's desired focus is, you're effectively creating an ongoing presence. So then when you're, when you're layering in the research trial, you have a certain amount of momentum online. And let's face it, the algorithms are looking to see if you're experts. And all these social medias that you plug into your website, there's all these backlinks. The algorithms themselves are making, uh, are calculating equations to see how relevant you are online. And that's how they, like, especially in Google search, that's how you raise in terms of um, their interest. Like people will find you more often and you'll win more, um, what do you call them? Online auctions in and around pay-per-click if you have a better reputation online. Yeah, you know, actually bringing that up is a perfect segue into my question. So for me, it was more like, um, you know, coming from a clinical background aspect and having seen the social media aspect of it in the marketing, it really is an art form. It's not, I mean, I still have, you know, uh, friends that are, for instance, in different specialties uh, that are providers themselves. Um, and their understanding is, oh, well, let me just, you know, post about this. Let me just post about that. Right. And they're just kind of making random posts. And there's a story behind it. There's a kind of form you know, how you're releasing the content, the timing of the content. And I'm a true, I'm a true believer that, you know, you should, um, regardless whether it's individualized or business-wise, um, you know, you, you pay, you invest in yourself or you invest in your business to advance yourself or your business. Um, and this is why, I mean, for instance, you know, with your business, right? I, I, um, I think it's very important, especially for sites that have hit some sort of, you know, segue or something, they should really take advantage of this opportunity because, um, you know, we always may think we know the best, especially we might know our patients, we might know our population, but really, you know, there's always much more you can learn. There's always much more you can do to advance yourself. There's technologies out there. And, um, you know, I feel like um, with the branding, you know, for instance, I, I used to work for uh, a general physician who was in research and he, he had a lot of like diabetic patients. He had a lot of patients with asthma. He had a huge variety of, of patients, right? Um, but from a big population of Latinos. And the thing is, he would only focus in on just, you know, for the flu, just for the flu, which I thought was kind of odd, because given his population, he could have really gone into other studies as well. 
but that was, you know, all they're really focusing on. They didn't know how to bring in or how to speak to their patients or the subjects, you know, to, to bring them to these other um, trials. And I think if, if they would have utilized the social media, the techniques of giving education online, but also, you know, constantly, like you said, providing that content, it would have, it would have been different because he did have a lot of traction on his, on his pages. So um, yeah, I mean, for those of you that are really interested out there, um, I really highly suggest that you reach out to Ivana and I really like what you presented today. It's, it's, really good thank you yeah yeah i agree and actually if we see it from the point of view of a business like a clinic uh they will be besides getting the patients which is what everybody wants also your presence will be um beneficial for your company uh, uh getting more studies too because obviously oh, yeah. the cros are gonna be uh taking a look of your website and when they see something that is like wow wow this website or these people is doing like a really good job with it. Uh, it's also attractive because you're showing also what's your competitive advantage over everybody else. Exactly. And that's, that's, your, that's your position. So far we've talked about position, but th there's all kinds of opportunities around patient-centric trials. You want your website to create the perfect experience before someone walks into your site. Like, we, we've got to take it to another level. It's no longer just a brochure site, mm -hmm. right? And when we talk about brand, um, it, it, when, when, you, when we talk about the site itself, the site has a name, the site has an identity, some sort of visual identity. Well, that identity, that combination of thing, it, it things is representative of the entire team, right? And that's what's different between uh, a, a physician's reputation and brand online, because the website itself is a reflection of the entire team. Yes, the physician should and can be highlighted. However, it's not the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. they know you int intimately. They want, to, they want to feel like they have a relation. The expectation today is that people want to feel they have a relationship with you prior to even meeting you. And let's face it, during COVID, um, like there was all kinds of Zoom meetings, clubhouse calls, that would have never probably happened if it wasn't for this period of time where people found themselves at home, but we didn't stop communicating. So we have to understand that the world has changed, which is why I did a bit of a preamble with the phone and the newspapers and stuff. And I could have geeked out and told you why it is and how it is those things came to be. But that's not really the point of the matter here. The point of the matter is that, you know, we have certain technologies, we need to leverage them and we need to do something beyond Facebook. Um, currently, with the iOS um, changes that have just occurred, everyone who's doing pay-per-click advertising over the course of the next month, month when they compare their numbers from you know, that period to, say, a period three months prior, there's going to be huge people, unlike pro before, are being asked if they want to, um, if they're allowing the fact that they're being tracked, their activities being tracked in some um, previous to that, we used to just monitor iPhones. The, that information was just given to marketing agencies and companies like Facebook. That's no longer the case due to privacy issues. Mm -hmm. So we got to get smarter. And the, and the other thing is that mediums always are changing. Like you can't think that there's a silver bullet. I'll get everything, right? There's, there's language that we use in the industry that's called pivoting. And it basically means 
okay, we make a calculated and best guess effort. We do the work, we evaluate the work, we measure the work, and did it, did, did we arrive at our destination? Did we, did, did we reach our goals? If not, we have a decision to do something else or do something differently with what we're doing currently. It, it's, oh, Monica, I believe you mentioned, there's a lot of people who think they can do this themselves or they get their daughter to do it or whatever. It's like, you know, it's like throwing your keys on saying, here, here dri drive my Lamborghini. Like these are people's businesses and they're, you know, there's gotta be more, um, how can I put it, uh, more concern around who it is and why it is. And let's face it, I've got, and you know, I work around the house, but that doesn't make me an architect or an engineer, right? So there is, there is something to be said. And I, you know, I invite anybody who's interested in calling us to call us, but in professional services. So, yeah. I appreciate awesome. that. No, for sure. And uh, you know, something I did want to mention is I know Dan, I know Dan's not here today, um, but I know if he would have been here, he would have definitely said something like, you know, um, <laughs> even right now as a starting site or medium site, nonetheless, um, smaller is a new big, right? He's always saying no. that, and and data is the new thing. It's 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 well, not new thing. It's been around for a bit, but it's really what's driving business, and it's going to continue to be the driving force for these next few years, if not from now on um, and businesses can really get ahead of that curve. And I, I even think, you know, can direct how business ends up going if they really take control of, you know, their content, because yeah. through content, you can also, it's not just bringing in and recruiting. It's also getting to know your audience, your, your patients, your, your patients, uh, your patient population. You can put out surveys for those that actually keep track of your business, you know, productivity online, right? And you can figure out things that they need or if they would like more things there in your business or maybe some other studies they would like to be a part of that you had no intention of even bringing onto the site, right? Which, yeah, you know, and it, it, that's exactly it. Oftentimes what we're doing is we're creating websites in addition to doing the, pa the pay-per-click where we're creating databases so that people can pre-register for um, different uh, research trials uh, that may, may, may be pending or haven't even been scheduled yet, right? And there's a lot we can do with landing pages when it comes to pre-screening so that there are more relevant people coming to the trial. There are, there are ways around this. And here's the other thing. Um, there might be a listener uh, to this video or that's here currently who feel, well, you know, we're a small organization. Well, here's the thing. We, we, we break our services down into... Um, uh, basically, we, we, we can do the pay-per-click or we have various niche services, but we also have coaching services where we come in once a month and we let them do the work, but we act as consultants. So we're in here for, we're, we've been doing this uh, in this industry for about three and a half years now, and we're in this for the long haul. We're making a huge investment ourselves as a company in the research trial industry, and we're, we're here to help. Yeah, no, and, and, and I would like to add that more often than not, in the, in the, uh, when the sites are negotiating the budget, um, marketing, the marketing part is also included. Yes. And, a, and a part of that money can be used for this. And obviously, if you're doing advertising specifically for one study, uh, you're going to need this part too. So, and, and the sponsors are going to be paying for it. Like I said, not every time. 
but more often than not, they pay, uh, they give you a budget for advertisement. So uh, that, that, that money needs to be used, exactly. <laughs> right? and especially when it is for advertisement for your trials and bringing more awareness of clinical trials, bringing more patients and, and strategize that. And I, I always recommend the sites or whenever somebody asks me about it to, to work this with somebody that knows because sometimes you waste all that money in something that, that probably don't even bring one patient. And, and here's the thing, a lot of people who, like there's different tools. Facebook has, as does Google, two sets of tools. For instance, Google, if you go to their like uh, make it easy or I, I forget what it, I forget the term they use for it. But the point is there is, there is a path that you can take to create ads on Google where there are certain, um, it, it's a less complicated tool. It's like a choose your own adventure almost. We use a whole other set of tools that are very specialized. And someone mentioned the granularity of things. And I'm trying to keep it without, I'm trying to keep everybody involved in the conversation by not referring to, um, how can I put it, very specific parts of how these mediums work. But there's a different set of tools that professionals use in order to ensure certain results and in order to measure things day by day, day by day. Like when we're doing pay-per-click advertising, whether it's Facebook or um, Google, for instance, uh, and there are others, but this, we'll stick on those because they're the most popular. Um, we're in there every day and we're tweaking campaigns according to what we're seeing happen. We're not necessarily changing the copy, but we're changing the spend, the geography, the focus, both in age groups and the like. Um, but here's the thing. There was a question earlier about um, why is it with the granularity that we don't necessarily get results? Well, you have to keep in mind that advertising is persuasion. And it's not persuasion with, say, a revolver, right? There's no guarantee that just because you put your best self out there that you're going to get a return. But it's much like uh, investing in the stock market. You know that if you don't do anything or any form of investment, if you don't invest any of your money at any point in your life, you're never really going to get ahead, right? But investments are not guarantees. Media and advertising is much the same. Well, that was a good, good, like, and that was awesome. Thank you yeah. so, so much, Ivan. Um, we really appreciate your time. We are already 6.55, so five minutes before seven. Um, so everybody, please, you know, uh, feel free to reach out to him at Crankworks. Um, and as you can see right here, uh, crankworks.ca slash media technology, technology and trials. And of course, it's, it's on here. I know I didn't say exactly, but it's, it's on the, the presentation. So thank you so much. Please reach out to Ivan. He's really amazing. Did you want to end something? Yeah, I'm not always this intense. I'm really approachable. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No. And honestly, it, we, you know, we, we, we like I very much. He obviously is here to help. Uh, again, please free evaluation for those that reach out from today's webinar. So, you know, do yourself a service and, and your business a service and reach out to him. If it's free, obviously it cannot hurt. And again, you know, if you don't invest in yourself, if you don't invest in your company, you know, when is, the, when is the best time? There's never a right time. So I think um, it doesn't hurt to try, right? Um, so Chris, Monica, I don't know if you wanted to end off with anything before we 
Oh, Julie, Julie's also here. <laughs> oh, yes, Judy. So sorry, Judy. <laughs> no, I'm here. So I've been listening this whole time and great information. Thank you for sharing everything. And I think I agree everything everybody discussed. Recruitment is hard. Working um, with social media and campaigns is hard. Working even more in a diverse community, like in my community, large Hispanic. It's we've never we haven't found the right way to target everyone for the studies that we work on. We haven't perfected it. I don't know if we ever will. Uh, but exactly everything you described is a little bit of something what we try to do internally at our site. And um, thank you for sharing all that information. Well, thanks again for having me. For sure. Sure. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Uh, and of course, we will be reaching out again. We definitely want to continue this collaboration with you and your company. Um, Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to him. His information is down in the presentation. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.